Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Jonathan Simmons, and we thank God for those of you who are watching us here on the broadcast on various portals. We thank you for those of you watching us on um, Roku, on the Phoenix Entertainment Channel, and C-Room uh, Plus Network. We also thank God for those of you watching us on YouTube, on the Real Talk Sports TV, and also on Petascope, a.k.a. Twitter TV. And those of you are watching us on Twitch, and of course now you guys can go back to my Facebook page. For some reason, Facebook kicked me off the page. We're back on the page right now. So again, we thank God for those of you who have decided to tune in and broadcast and listen to our broadcast here today. Well, normally, guys, uh, I know that you are always happy to see my smiling face, but you're always happier to see the lovely face of the beautiful Miss uh, Tree Dolman. She will not be with us tonight. She has some personal things she has to attend to, but that's okay because I still have a champion. Not one, but two-time Super Bowl champion, a proud HBC alum, and also an HBCU broadcaster. The one and only Mr. Tyrone Poole is in the building. Sir, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Hello, everybody, all the viewers, all those that are watching and listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hola. Hola. Como esta, amiga and amigos? All that good stuff. There's There's our little lesson. And bonjour. For you people who speak a little French as well, uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we thank God for you for listening. Well, Tyrone, um, like I said, man, we, we want to give a big shout-out to Miss Tree Dolman, who normally graces our page. She's got some personal uh, things that she is uh, dealing with today, but we appreciate her, and good Lord willing, she will be back with us next week live here on the broadcast. So, you know, our prayers are with her, and we thank God for her. Yes. And like, so we look forward to seeing her next week. Yeah. I mean, uh, now, I know that sometimes your weekends are – you know, sometimes there's a lot of excitement, but sometimes not too much excitement. Was there anything that kind of grabbed you over the weekend in the world of sports that you said, you know what, man, th- this kind of got me feeling some kind of way? Anything that kind of caught you over the weekend? Uh, let's start off with a little bit of hot topics here. You know, the football season yes, sir. coming up and uh, the NFL, the NFL. Uh, we know they signed a deal. And I'm going to tell you the people who they signed a deal with as far as betting. So what's the hot topic? Well, the hot topic is about 36% more Americans are expected to bet on NFL games this season compared to last year. And here's the scoop on it, people. What could be the most heavily bet NFL season ever kicks off this weekend, actually Thursday, in a couple more days, with legal sports books operating in approximately half of the states in the United States. So Everybody is putting their money down and they are betting, betting, betting. So the hot topic is that a lot of people are going to be betting because the NFL signed an agreement with Fox Bet, Bet MGM, again, that's Bet MGM, Points Bet, and Wine Bet, Wing Bet. So again, it's going to be a lot of people who are going to be going and betting money this year. So they are expecting that to be up 36%. So the hot topic is the NFL is not going to run out of money no time soon. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something right now. We're off the rip, okay? So I don't know what you think about that, but the, the minister feels some kind of way about this connection with betting because I guess because of my age, I can remember where, you know, the betting was like a, a like a bad thing. Like they didn't want players going to Las Vegas. They didn't yes. want players hanging in Atlantic City. They didn't want players doing anything that had to do with betting. Yes. So now I'm t- okay. What's up with Tyrone? I mean, is this this just a money grab? I don't get it. No, what it is, the NFL is all about money. 
Uh, yeah, there you go. If I, if I had that um, that little old that the the the, the saying from the movie, um, uh, well, what's the movie? Uh, show me the money. Wait, show me Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. When Tom Cruise, uh, he's holding me. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Show me the money. So the NFL again, they're giving themselves. I'm not going to say they're selling them souls to the devil, but we all know what that means. But uh, actually, uh, I don't like it personally myself because it can contribute to games being fixed, okay, because it's all about the points. That's how they make their money. Yes, you bet on the team that's going to win, but you also got points that you're betting too. So, you know, that's a hot topic. So it's going to be a hot topic all this year. So look for those commercials this Thursday. Now, you're going to start seeing a lot of bet commercials these companies that bet starting thursday i think it's supposed to be before the game you're going to see uh they i think they're supposed to give them six opportunity to show some type of betting commercial uh one time before the game starts and each time each quarter and also one time during halftime so uh they are really pushing sports betting in the nfl so that's the hot topic i don't like it that's why i have my shades on i don't like it i think it's a bad business I think that all these years you talk about no betting, no betting, no betting. All of a sudden now, because they went through a season with COVID and they see, like you said, how popular the money is. Now it's like, okay, we don't care about that so much. Matter of fact, what am I thinking about? They're allowing the team to be in Las Vegas. So I should tell you right there what their mindset is about betting. All right, guys, I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, keep it pinned right there. We're going to be talking about this from time to time as the weeks go on, because it's like Tyrone said, this is not going to go away because it's certainly a hot topic. So put your pencil, put a brick in it right there. Betting, sports betting. Do you think it's a good idea, a bad idea? We'll be talking about this um, from week to week as we go on. All right, speaking of another hot topic, there's a team that was red hot the last time we were on the show. Just seven days ago, we were talking about our Atlanta Braves balling out about a four-and-a-half game lead. My, how the tables have turned. <laughs> the Braves in the last 10 games have went four and six. Meanwhile, the Mets and the Phillies have respectively gone seven and three and eight and two. And so the Mets four and a half game lead has shrunk to one and a half games. All right, Tyrone, I know you've been kind of trying to peek at the Braves a little bit from afar. What do you think the problem with the Bravos? And can they keep this lead, man? Because I don't think an NL East team can go in as a wild card. Well, you know, again, the old saying is pitching and defense wins baseball games. So where are the Braves hurting? Just what I said. So, you know, they got to get that pitching right. You know, they got the people that can lay the wood on the ball and put it in play. Again, pitching, defense, you give yourself an opportunity. And the Braves, you know, they came off of uh, the last series two and two. Well, actually lost all the games to the Dodgers. Let me back up. They lost all the games to the Dodgers. And they actually, uh, you know, are going into the game with the Rockies, which you thought they would have beaten the Rockies, but they lead that thing with a split uh, two and two. And now uh, they are playing the Nationals, and hopefully they can lick their wounds and get a couple of wins and win that series because the Phillies are playing the Brewers, and the Brewers are pretty doggone good. So, But the Phillies beat the Brewers 12-0, to zero, so oh, yep. hoping that the Brewers can beat the Phillies in these next couple of games and the Braves can go out there and sweep the Nationals and that could kind of increase that lead a little bit that they have. Well, the, big, the big thing with the Braves is uh, you hit it on the head. Their problem has been pitching, primarily relief pitching. 
Uh, they blew two different games against the Dodgers, games they could have won to at least possibly salvage one game where the uh, the bullpen gave up runs in the eighth inning and beyond. So you got a big problem there. Uh, they're going to have to find some way somehow to get that shaped up or this team is not going to be able to go far. I, other than that, I think they're starting nine. You got some here, especially with those two big trades we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They made to get, hey, Soler in here from the Kansas City Royals and also to bring a guy back that they had before, Adam Duval. So I'm thinking, man, those big bats, both of those guys, the thumpers, uh, you know, a few years ago, Soler led the league in home runs. So I'm thinking, man, that's going to be have to carry the day because right now the pitching stinks. I was being honest. Hey, just call it what it is. Call a spade a spade. You're right, right. Those who love to play spades, hey, call a spade a spade. What that actually means, you're telling the truth. You're telling the truth. Call a spade a spade. It is what it is. That's really it, man. So, so at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Braves have to find some way to get some bullpen help because if they don't, uh, everything is going to go to the left and they're going to have a, a, a real problem, you know, trying to make things happen. Uh, you know, going forward. So like you say, yeah, man, hopefully they can get some pitching help. I know they made some type of move today. They made a trade. I don't have the information in front of me. Uh, I was kind of ripping around. Let's see if I can pop it up real quick and see what the Braves have done. But they did make a move today. And uh, let's see again if we can get it up and find out what uh, they did today. But there was some breaking news. Uh, first of all, one thing they did, which was big, is that it wasn't so much of a trade, but keeping everything in-house. So Charlie Morton, who's been pretty much their best pitcher so far this year, uh, they did sign him to an extension. It's probably coming up about $20 million a year. So they really have solidified that starting pitcher with him kind of being the anchor veteran. And hopefully with Soroka coming back, um, uh, Max Freeze kind of doing his thing, and uh, some of these other guys, they can kind of flesh this out. We're not going to have Soroka back this year, but certainly if they can kind of stabilize this, this starting rotation, maybe they can go back to the old school. Like, let the starters pitch deep into the game well, before you call the bullpen. Imagine you know, the that. Thing about it, the good thing about it, like I said, they got the Nationals, and then they got the Marlins, and they got the Rockies. So, you know, those teams there, as the old adage goes, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And, of course, baseball is one of them games that, you know, anything can happen. But the Braves should uh, – in my mind, sweep the Nationals, they sweep the Marlins, and they sweep the Rockies. And again, the Phillies are the only team that's on their heel. And if the Phillies can lose a couple of games to the Brewers, which the Brewers are a pretty doggone team, I don't know how the Phillies beat them uh, 12-0. But again, that's how the game of baseball goes. So the good thing about the Braves, they may, the pitcher may not be so hot right now, but at least they're playing teams that are not so hot coming up. Right. Yeah, so there's no question. The other big thing the Braves are going to have to do, man, they're going to have to win at home. So they have a nine-game homestand coming up right now. You mentioned the Nationals are in town. Uh, you mentioned also the Rockets are coming in. These are all teams that are beatable teams. So they're going to have to, I think, you don't have to go 9-0, and but you're going to have to go, to me, at least 6-3 and three at home because the weird thing is the Braves have one of the best records in baseball on the road but they're almost next to the bottom in the NL East as far as the record at home. They're only one game over 500. So that's going to have to turn around as they go into the postseason as well. So they said, man, we're looking for the Braves to do what they got to do. Their team that won the nine batting order is packed and stacked. And I want to give a big shout out to a guy who is probably the most underrated bat on that team. Who do you think that is? The most underrated guy on that team right now as far as a hitter. I'm pretty sure you're going to tell us. It's young Mr. Albies. Ozzy Albies is a guy that is vastly underrated. Here's a guy that's had over 20 home runs. He's got about 86 RBIs. So he's on pace for a 30 homer, 
100 RBI season. Oh no, by the way, he's got 17 steals. Everybody mm-hmm. should talk about Freddie. Don't no, me wrong. Freddie's a, you know kind of your your guy. He's been your guy for a while. Certainly, yeah. I've mentioned earlier before. So Lair's doing some great things. But Ozzy, I'll be shout out to him. All star this year, and to me, he's the unsung hero of the Braves, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. That's a good call out, Jonathan. Good call out. It takes a team. It takes a team. Takes a team. People takes a team. It takes a team of people to make sure that this show goes on the air. We'll take a quick little break for advertising. And then we're coming back with you know what? Well, of course you don't know what. High school football. We got not one but two teams that are going to join us today. If you want to find out who they are, now keep it locked right here for more of the Real Talk Sports Show. Don't go nowhere, please. Thank you. Did you know that Allen Vigil Ford in Morrow, Georgia also has Lincoln? Over 35 years of using the Vigil Touch to provide excellent customer service, works hand-in-hand with the Lincoln Motor Company to provide a luxurious and seamless way to acquire your next luxury vehicle. Lincoln has an array of full-service complimentary owner benefits. These benefits include hospitality partnerships, service pickup and delivery, all which can be accessed through the Lincoln Way app. You can even contact the 24-7 concierge to have someone assist you. Come and see our great inventory of new and pre-owned Lincolns today. Call 678-364-7345 to make an appointment with one of our brand champions or shop 24-7 online at allenvigillincoln.net. Oh, we slipped back just in time. The commercial break is over. And again, we thank those of you who are watching us here on all portals. We thank God for you, uh, especially those of you who are Check us out on Facebook Live. You guys have been our Star Wars. And you people on YouTube as well. We appreciate you, man. We got mad love for you. And we thank you for joining us here on the broadcast. Like I said, again, we're going to do some high school football here. And we got not one, but we got two teams that are joining us on the broadcast today. First of all, we're going to go right down the street from our station. Right down the road from WIGO, 1570 Atlanta's Incredible Radio, is the team that wears the green and gold. You guys know them as the Moral Mustangs. I believe they have their head coach is in the building Coach, Drone Weeks. Welcome back, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Always wonderful. Hey, man, it's good stuff here. Uh, good to have you here. And uh, who might you have in the building with us? Did you bring one of your players or coaches with you today? Um, I had a couple of players. Uh, they should be logging in there. Uh, I've got uh, one of my, a couple of our seniors. Okay. Um, senior linebacker, Antonio Elder. All right. Uh, I see Antonio. Let's bring him to the screen. And uh, – Offensive lineman Gabriel Bradley, and we also have Mr. Uh, does it all, Mr. Burt Hunter, plays a number of positions for us. Look, I think I see Burt in the building. Let's kind of scroll down here. We got them all coming in, coming in. Let's see if I got Burt. Bam, there he is. (laughs) And let's see what else I got here. I think I got Gabriel down here as well. Bam, we got everybody in the building. Like I said, welcome to the most moral Mustangs back. On the Real Talk Sports Show. Look at that head. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hold on a second. Anytime we have a little shade thrown, we got put the <laughs> I can put the shades on. We're gonna do it like that. I gotta put them on. Well, Tyrone, uh, you know, I know you're always very fond man having a young man uh come on. Uh, I'll just give you kind of a little background. Your Moro has has had some some good years, they've had some bumpy years because you know, obviously you're trying to, you know, get it's not like college, you can't just restack, but uh they did come off, I believe, is it your first or second win this season, Coach? Is that right? First uh, first win this season. First uh, win this season. And a nice one at home, so the home fans were able to see it. What was, what was the key to that victory? Uh, just really started at practice that week, man. We had a great week of practice. Uh, my guys are really hungry. 
Sorry about that, Coach. Hit the wrong button. There you go. Say it again. Uh, we yeah, it started, like I said, started in practice uh, last week with a great week of practice. Um, our guys really locked in and focused and uh, really worked hard during the week, and it just showed on Friday. Um, you know, the guys were putting putting everything they had on the line and, and just, you know, giving in to, to, to being great or being legendary, shall we say, like it was our mantra. So uh, kudos to those guys for just having a great week of practice, and it led to a great game on Friday. Well, no doubt we all were able to witness it there. And like you said, the, the cool thing was to see it actually happen at home. The hometown fans were able to do what they needed to do. Well, Tyrone, uh, I know you always like to kind of talk to these young men about what they do on and off the field. What questions might you have for the, the young the young guns that are here from Morrow High School? Uh, you know, I just have to say, uh, you know, Morrow, Morrow High School, you know, I remember them very well. Uh, I went to LaGrange High School uh, and, uh, you know, Morrow, we used to play them along with Noonan and Griffin and, you know, Riverdale and, you know, Fayette County, all those schools. And uh, so, you know, I remember that name well. But, um, you know, it's an honor to be able to talk to these young men. Um, you know, I've been where you are and, you uh, Hopefully you can get to where I've been. Uh, but in order to get there, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So I just want to start out by asking you guys, uh, number one, uh, what is your favorite, your, your favorite sports hero, your favorite sports hero? Because I do believe you have to imitate yourself. You have to find somebody at your position uh, and not be like them, but try to imitate the principles that they use to play that game. For me, it was Deion Sanders when he played here in Atlanta. I would always uh, try to record every time when the Falcons played because I knew that they were going to put the, the camera on him, especially when the 49ers came into town and it was him against Jerry Rice. So I felt like I could learn something from him that I could go into practice the next day and try to emulate. So you guys, um, just each of you, Gabriel, Burt, Antonio, what, who are your favorite heroes at your position that you try to emulate? All right, Gabriel, go to you first, brother. We have to get you a little closer to that mic, Gabriel. We can't hear you. Get closer to the mic. Try again. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think his mic's muted. Let me double check it, though. Nope, your mic's open. Something's happening with your mic, brother. We can't hear you. We can see you. Look good. You might go to Antonio. Come back to Gabriel. All right, we'll go back to Antonio. Here we go to Antonio. What are your thoughts? Who's the guy you kind of emulate? Uh, I say D.I. Jones. Oh, you like that linebacker, that big hit, yes, sir. Yes, why, sir. Why, why, Deion Jones? Because the this the way he move on the field, like we come down, he come down here, and how he cover, he doing everything at a fast pace. Uh, I really admire that. All right, let's go to Bert. Go ahead, Bert. Who, who's your favorite? Dang, Mike, Is your mic on, bit dog. Make sure that mic on, bro. Try again. For some reason we not we not hearing Bert too good, but uh, all right. Let's let's try to go back to try to go back to Gabriel. See if we got him mic'd up. Gabriel, you there, sir? Let's try it again. All right. Well, we we having a little trouble with these mics tonight. <laughs> that's all right though that's all right we're just we're just glad to have the young guys in the building i'm gonna go to social media here because you guys have been getting lots of shots out here got somebody there 
Jeremiah saying, yes, sir. <laughs> Give a shout out to all the players. Everybody's getting a nice shout out. And also we got uh, Go Mustangs. Malik as well. Everybody's talking about Go Mustangs. So, Coach, you got to feel good, man, um, to see that the fans are staying with you and, uh, you know, strike the bumps and bumps. And you, you awarded them with a big win last week. Yeah, man, you know, uh, you know, we, we had some success in the past years, but it's kind of kind of still trying to recover um, from that loss. That, that uh, The playoff team, we kind of lost about 14 starters from that team. And then we knew we were going to be a little bit, uh, shall we say, a little wet behind the ears. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you know, COVID came in and it's, it's kind of hit us kind of hard, man, like it did everyone around here. So, uh, you know, we're just in the rebuilding process. Uh, we're grinding every day, chopping wood, man. These guys are getting better every day. So, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to what's to come, you know, because uh, it's a very exciting time right now. No doubt. So when's your next, what's your next game and, and who are you playing? Uh, we have Fayette County uh, coming up this Friday. We're going to them. Uh, one of my good friends, Coach Nick Davis, uh, who does a great job down there. Uh, we're going to get in there and uh, do our thing. Uh, we haven't had a pretty good week of practice thus far. I'm uh, going to finish the week strong and then just trying to ride that wave from last week, get on get on a little roll here. Before you guys go, I'm going to try to add on, see if I can get uh, Bert to log in here. Bert, can you can – you, you got your mic going? You can hear me now? Help, yeah. tip, praise <laughs> the Lord. There we go. Yes, up. All right. So tell us now again uh, – Tyrone asked a question before, kind of what player that you see that you that you kind of emulate or like to try to pattern yourself after. Uh, I try to emulate like Alvin Kamara or the Saints. Yeah, that's a, that's a guy, man. I mean, he's a he's a guy that uh, you know played right up the road here at Tennessee. Um, if I'm not mistaken, did he play here in Georgia? Did he go to high school here? Yeah, he's a yeah, no man. So, yeah, that's what I thought. A hometown guy, man. So, um, yeah. and and the reason why. I always like Tyrone to ask you guys a question. I'm going to give you guys a little backstory, just kind of, you know, kind of get a better idea who he is. I always kind of bring him on and say he's a champion. Well, here's the thing. He was All-State at LaGrange. Uh, he went to Fort Valley State, was an All-American. He was one of a handful of men in the modern era to be drafted number one in the first round. I shouldn't say number one overall, but number in a first-round draft pick from HBCU and played, I think, a grand total, was it 14 years, Tyrone, in the NFL? Yep, yep, yep. And not, you guys can see behind him, those are replicas, but he actually won the real deal playing with some guy named uh, Tom Brady, won two Super Bowls with the Patriots. So um, th- 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 he's kind of telling you he walked your path. I mean, LaGrange is, is 40, 40 minutes down the road, bro. I mean, yeah. But the hard work and the energy. Go ahead, Tyrone. I'm going to say this to you guys. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of principles. You know, I have a son. My son is 15 years old. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's uh, 21. She runs the uh, 400, uh, 200. She runs track. And my son plays football and runs track, uh, play defensive back, wide receiver. So I'm going to tell you guys the same thing I tell them very quickly. Um, if you want to be successful, um, successful, being successful, everybody has their own uh, definition of success. But success is accomplishing what you've been told to do. Okay, if you didn't accomplish what you were told to do, then basically you can't call yourself successful. Uh, Those trophies that you see behind me, that was a goal that we set out to do. Okay, so in people's eyes, that's success. But I'm telling you this, this is how we became successful. We took the principles of what it takes to go out there and play 
for 60 minutes. We did the principles and we were not afraid to break the rules. So you got to understand that there's a difference between principles and rules. Rules will lock you in. Rules will keep you in a box. Principles will allow you to think outside the box and allow you to become great. So if you guys can ever learn to find the principles of your position, learn the principles and then allow your skills to take the principle and allow you to get outside the box. That's how you become special, guys. There you go, guys. I want you guys to get that tip uh, before you guys left. Coach, um, I know you guys um, – what what are you guys again on, on uh, social media? Is it at, is it at Moral Mustangs? Uh, yes, at Moral okay. Mustangs, uh, Mustang Athletics. There you um, go. We have our, our uh, login page. We've got – um, we've got our, our school page, which is up, which puts all of our events. I mean, we're doing some great things in all of our sports, volleyball. We've got softball going on right now, cross country. Um, you know, we're just, just getting back into this mode because we're back in school now and, you know, kids are getting back used to that normal daily routine. And man, it's just a lot of fun right now. Coach, I appreciate you. I know you coach track and field as well. So I know you guys got to go. Listen, man, coach and uh, gentlemen, Bert, Antonio, all you guys, we appreciate you. We look forward to having you back on the show again real soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us, big guy. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. Be blessed. We got more of uh, high school football action, guys, so don't go away here. Before we go to the break, we want to bring in our second guest for the evening. Now, this guy is – before I bring him, I'll just tell you, he's a long-time friend of this show. Uh, he was one of the first guys that we actually brought on back when we were just doing a radio WIGO. Uh, he is uh, retired, but out of retirement now. He is the defensive coordinator from one of the hottest schools in Clayton County over at Forest Park. They started off 2-0 for the first time in almost 20 years. The one and only Coach Mike Rozier is in the building. <laughs> coach Mike, what's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, it just seems like the other day we were on this show uh, about 10 years ago. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Time flies. Uh, back then, you were the head coach of Henry County, and you guys were go, man, go. You had a quarterback that came within 10 yards of tying the state record through for 525 yards in a single game. So uh, I'm sure everybody here in Clayton County wants to see what you guys can dial up with Forest Park. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, Coach uh, Robertson, you know, he was uh, office coordinator on those Henry County staff, and that was his stepson, Drew, the quarterback that was uh, uh, throwing for all over the place for nearly 10,000 yards. But uh, I have to brag about Coach Robinson. Uh, he's done a great job at uh, Forest Park. I mean, an outstanding job. Uh, first of all, he gave it a facelift. He went in and painted everything and just kind of remodeled everything and got the weight room back in gear. Uh, he's got the alumni. That is a school that's got uh, a great tradition of alumni especially Heinz Ward. Uh, so he's got all those guys. My father-in-law's a, a Forest Park uh, graduate, and he's got him on board. And he's done an outstanding job. I mean, he's just he, – like I said, he gave it a facelift. We took our lumps last year, uh, and uh, we have a lot of experience back, and it's paying off. So, uh, so far, two and one, and doing some good things over there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um uh, a Tyrone would have been extremely pleased. Uh, you guys, after uh, actually knocking off a moral 36-17, you guys came back with a defensive thriller and pitched a shutout uh, where your guys, the defensive backfield, made a couple of huge plays, knocking down some balls that could have went for first downs or touchdowns. So, Tyrone, you would have been pleased because they were, they were getting after it, sir. 
So, Coach, now who else do you have uh, with us here? I, I can see Coach Rex is in there in there somewhere, so I'm going to try to bring him on. Who else did you bring with us? I, I believe Coach Rex. Uh, can you bring him on? Yep, a couple man. Who else he brought in? Coach, are you there, sir? Yeah, my camera's not working, but I have a couple <laughs> of players I invited. All right, well, let's I, see who you got here. Who you got, sir? I invited sir? Uh, Jakari Hardaway, a quarterback, and then um, Demario Walker. All right, I see Demario in the studio. Let's try to pop him in here. There he is. What's up, Demario? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? Got the mic working and everything. Well, Coach, uh, you know, we talked about this. We're going to do this real quickly here. So don't go anywhere, guys. We got to take a quick little break, and we got to do that commercial thing. We'll be back with more with the Forest Park Panthers. It's a new day down the road at Forest Park. You guys keep it locked right here for more of the Real Talk Sports Show. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere, please. Thank you. You in the market for a new vehicle? Well, check out Allen Vigil Ford Lincoln in Morrow, Georgia. We have one of the largest inventories in our area for both new and pre-owned vehicles, so we're sure to have something for everyone. Family-owned and operated since 1982, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. Come see our full lineup of vehicles and find the one that best fits you. Give us a call today, 678-726-5739, or shop us 24-7 online at allenvigilford.net. The day has arrived. It's time to let more people know about your business. You have the right marketing plan and the messaging in place. But do you have the right messenger? Good advertising and promotions need a professional sound so the message can be clearly understood. Don't leave your brand image to chance. Let our team of voiceover experts at CME lend you a hand. Give us a call at 678-304-8121 to find out how we can partner with you to give your business its voice. All right, guys, we're back here with the crew from Forest Park High School. We got Coach Mike Rozier. We got Coach Rex Robertson. We got Demario Walker. And I think somewhere down there, I'm going to try to pop this young man up. I think we got the Mercurial Mr. Hardaway in the building. Oh, we got everybody here now. How you doing? How you doing? Well, good to see you guys. I want to let you guys know here, I was talking to guys at Morrow, that guy in the upper middle there right there, he is a he's walked your path. And uh, went to the ultimate. Uh, that is Tyrone Poole, all state mm-hmm. here at Lagrange, all American at Fort Valley State, first round draft pick, Carolina Panthers, fourteen years in the NFL, and how many Super Bowls, Tyrone? What you see behind me, boy? Yes, sir. And who'd you win those with, sir? Uh, New England Patriots. Ah, there we go. So he's been around. Let's go to social media real quick, and we'll get back to more from Forest Park. Let's pop it in here. And we got some shout-outs popping right here from the SKB gang. They said, Demario, what's up? <laughs> so we got people in the building, as you can see, watching. Again, we want to thank you, those of you watching us on Facebook and on YouTube. Appreciate you guys commenting here. Players appreciate it, and the coaches appreciate it as well. Um, Tyrone, you heard him talk about uh, Coach Rex kind of, you know, coming in, fresh paint, things like that. How important is that is for a player – to, to see a facility kind of up to date? Uh, well, in order to compete in today's sporting world, you have to be up to date with equipment. I don't think I'll see too many people working out on old equipment, trying to keep up with uh, the new style of play. So even offenses and defenses have changed, even though the principles are the same. But uh, this is why I want to try to tell these young guys, um, you know, 
Yes, you guys see the trophies and the helmets behind me, but what I do want to tell you guys is that you don't know, I quit football in high school. You guys know that, did you? I quit football in high school my senior year, and I still made it, okay? So what I want to tell you guys is what I'm going to leave with you. Um, and I was a late bloomer, too. I was a late bloomer. So just because you don't succeed now doesn't mean that you won't reach your destiny. The reason why I reached my destiny was because I kept my passion. I kept my vision. I stayed focused. Okay. Um, so regardless of what you guys do, uh, success sometimes comes later in life. But I promise you, if you keep fighting, you keep boxing, if you keep keep doing the rope-a-dope, so to speak, with the Ali, the rope-a-dope, just keep staying alive, you can make it. You can make it. So again, you guys don't know that about me. I, I quit football my senior year, halfway during the season. But still <clears throat> yet, I had an opportunity. I took that opportunity, and I made the best out of it. And with, with me knowing who I am and what I could do and what I possess, I was still able to make it. So bottom line is the only person that can stop you is the person that you look at every day in the mirror. That's you. So don't blame nobody. Don't blame your coach. Your coach can't help you. Your parents can't help you. At the end of the day, it's that person that you look at every day in the mirror. Even if you fall down, pick yourself back up and keep running. All right? And you guys will make it. So uh, that's a word of wisdom for the day. There you go. Well, Jakar, I'm going to swing to you. Uh, Tyrone was asking a question and um, in our early part of broadcast. He asked the guys kind of who were their favorite players or somebody emulated or kind of say, hey, I'm trying to make my game like that. Who would you say is that person for you? Well, <clears throat> I play quarterback, so I my favorite my favorite player, my favorite quarterback in the NFL is Russell Wilson. Always been, you know, been a Seahawks fan even before the Super Bowl, even before we lost the Super Bowl. You know, that hurt. But I try to imitate my game after Russell Wilson because you know he got a big he got a big arm. He can he can maneuver in the pocket a lot. And he know how to get the ball down the field and spread it around to all his receivers, even if he got there. He got he got he can use all his talents at the same time on the field. So so you must be excited that both your coaches, uh even though he coaches defense, you must be excited that Coach Rex and Coach Rozier know how to sling that ball around that quarterback, yeah. field, right? We're pushing the ball down the field. Yes, sir. They said it's Jakari. Jakari. Um yes, I'm, 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 I'm give you a little bit of tip. A little bit of tip. And you probably heard this from, you know, your uh, coach Rozier. He's probably said this. But I'm going to let you know, brother, man, if you want to make it to that next level, look to throw the ball before you run the ball. All right? Don't be that guy that you let coaches try to win the game using your feet because you know what's going to happen. Just like golf, you're going to create bad habits. And what I mean by bad habits, you're always going to try to bail yourself out with your feet. And guess what, Jakari? One day, your talent, your feet are going to slow you down. You're not going to be able to move. Look at Cam Newton. Look at all these. They, they get beat up. They get beat up, and now they, they, they never learn how to be a true pocket quarterback. So I'm glad you said Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is a pocket quarterback who looks to throw, then run. So even while you're scrambling, you look to throw the ball. That's why I love Steve Young. Steve Young was a quarterback, but Steve Young was looking to throw, then run. So take that and use it very well, Jakari. That's yes, worth All right, Damari, who's your favorite? Who you like to pattern yourself after? Um, I compare myself after Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor simply because, like, they're like defensive playmakers. They're all over the ball. They can hit when you need them to hit, and they're not afraid. They get the job done. Oh, we got some. We got some Seahawks fans in here. Dad, gone. What? 
I know about that. Well, well Coach Rex, um, you know, your, your team, I asked you at the uh, the Clayton County media days what people could expect to see with a Coach Rex Robertson team, and you said that you want to be a high-powered offense, move the ball, quick pace of play. Um, how far are you along in implementing that? Because what I've seen so far has been so far so good. I told you we we're going to throw it every down. That's what I told you. Yes, you, you. sure did. We'll you said you were slinging around. Yes, sir. For Coach Rozier, the old days. But I was really, I was really messing with you. I was hoping we were going to be a power running team. But um, every year the goal is to, to have balance. But uh, we uh, we do want Jakari to look down the field and get the ball down the field first. So we're on the same page there with uh, Ty Poole. and um. But we want to be a balanced offense and where no one can stop us. Use all our weapons. Well, no doubt you guys did a good job. Uh, Jakari uh, was forced to uh, to run around a little bit, but he did make some outstanding throws on the dead run. And so I know both you and Coach Rozier has probably really kind of, you know, preached that, hey, you got to, you know, even though you're moving, always try to take a look at downfield. And you guys made some great throws and some great plays. Coach Rozier, again, I know you're a big offensive guy, but what, what, did, you, what did you see um, to, to make you kind of dial up so much pressure that I saw in that 7-0 win uh, last week? What, did well, you, you know what? You're, film? you're giving me a lot of credit here, but uh, Coach uh, Tyler Technip is the defensive coordinator. Okay. We came on board, and uh, we had a coach go down, and Coach Robertson called me back, and I actually retired again. And uh, – so he needed some help. So I kind of helped out the secondary and then I uh, helped out with the office line. And help. Heck, today uh, he had me coaching the JV office line. So I just kind of <laughs> helped out a little a little bit of everywhere. And I'm up in the box, eye in the sky, and, and can see some, you know, real good stuff. But uh, Coach Technic's done a real good job. Uh, uh, he relates to the players very well. And uh, he did scheme them up pretty good last week, and he did dial up some pressure, that's for sure. No doubt. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that is that the son of Coach Technic, uh, the late yeah. Coach Technic? From, right. So he's yeah, another Coach guy. Technip, uh, he was over at Henry, and then he got the head job at uh, Eagles Landing. And then Tyler played quarterback for him and then went on to Georgia Tech and did some good things there. So he's on staff, and Coach, uh, Coach Rex brought him on this year. Well, it's good to see all that stuff, guys. It's obviously good to see you guys, uh, you know, doing the kind of stuff you did, trying to bring Forest Park back. Um, are you guys familiar, either the players or the coach, with the social media where people can follow the school and keep up with what you guys are doing? The Jakar, kids you, are, you, you know, social better media. Than I am. All right. I mean, our, we, our football team do have a, we have a, we have a page. It's called it's Forest Park underscore football underscore okay. FBL football. Gotcha. All right, we're gonna be on the look at that guy. Check it out. It's uh. And we're going to be doing more coverage. We're going to look forward to having you guys come back on the show with us and uh, talk some more Forest Park High School football in Clayton County. I got to tell you guys, it's a pleasure to live stream the games uh, every Friday night, sometimes every Thursday night, and, and really kind of let people see what we got going on in Clayton County because I think all you guys are really doing great stuff down there. Jakari, keep up the good work. Tomorrow, you too. Uh, Coach Rozier, you know we go way back. Yeah. And, uh, Coach Robertson, appreciate you as well. Thank you, hey, thank thank you for you. having us. Yes, sir. Hey, we'll one see you guys question. Again. Tyrone, uh, what year did you play at LaGrange? Uh, I was there. I left in 90. Okay, so I was on those Morris staffs when we had uh, some wars down there at Callaway Stadium. Yes. So, yeah, we had some good We had some good games. Yeah, Gary. You played with Coach Guthrie. Yes, Gary yeah. Guthrie, the head yeah. coach. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, Steve. All right, we appreciate all you guys, man. We look forward to seeing you guys again real soon on the Real Talk Sports Show. See y'all. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. I think we got everybody just about off. There we go. And there we go. Yeah, Tyrone, man, you know, I'm always excited, man. See the young guys come out here, man. And um, like I said, they're in a big turnaround stage right now at Forest Park. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, looking at their stats and, you know, just checking them out. And, um, you know, with the max prep and, you know, for all those fans who want to keep up with your favorite high school team, you know, you go to max preps and you're able to, you know, check out what they're doing, uh, points for, you know, how many points has your team scored and how many points have they given up? Because at the end of the day, that's going to tell a lot about your team. If they're giving up a lot of points on defense, you're probably not going to do too good uh, going forward if you get into the playoffs and vice versa. If your team is scoring a lot of points, then look at here. You probably have an opportunity. So max prep is how I keep up with uh, high school kids. No doubt. Uh, we have a, we have a page on there as well. We're going to do this. We're going to talk some college football. And we're going to talk some HBCU football. So I know that you do a lot of stuff for the SIAC, but you know I got to represent the MIAC and the SWAC. This guy is former quarterback for the Grambling Tigers. The one and only Mr. Clemente Gordon is in the building. Welcome back, sir. All right. Thanks for having me back. What's hey, up, man, Tyler? All right. How we doing, Mr. Gordon? All right, brother. All right. Before, we get, before we get into that, I want to give a big shout-out to the Tour Championship. These guys do a phenomenal job when they come into town here in Atlanta. It is the season-ending tournament. Uh, for the PGA Tour, and it was as advertised. Uh, Philip, excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Cantlay uh, won a minus 21, holding off John Rahm. Uh, got down to nitty gritty. Um, uh, he actually bogeyed the 17th. Uh, Rahm was right behind him. He had two opportunities to birdie and tie it up, but he could not do it. So, big shout out to Patrick Cantlay, the winner of a check for 15 million dollars. Wow, for that one win. It's the biggest purse that they have in uh in the pga and i want to give a big shout out to people like tracy veal from the pga tour that gave us pretty much full access we were on the 18th green as the two players were coming up so again we want to give a big shout out to them and also we want to give a big shout out to the east lake golf course and east lake foundation who's a huge supporter for the first tee and for those of you not familiar with the first tee that is an organization designed uh to really bring children of all colors and and ethnic groups, but especially those children that may be a little bit disadvantaged financially to show them how golf can really uh, help them along the way uh, in their career. So a big shout out to them and uh, and all the good stuff they've done. All right, guys, we're going to take a little mini break right here. You listen to the Real Talk Sports Show, but don't go nowhere because we're about to talk some HBCU and college football. You ain't going to be able to see none of that unless you keep it locked right here. I'm just saying, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. This is OJ Howard with Real Talk Sports. What's up, guys? This is Tim Tebow. You're listening to Real Talk Sports. This is Charles Woodson. Let me grab the mic. You ready? This is Charles Woodson with Real Talk Sports. Hey, it's your boy JB Smooth with Real Talk Sports. Well, I appreciate all those guys that stopped by uh, the Real Talk Sports Show to give a shout-out, uh, especially my man Charles Woodson. I called it at that time. He was not 
had not yet been inducted to the Hall of Fame. I introduced him and I said, hey, Hall of Fame with Charles Woodson. He said, not yet, man. I said, but you will be. And two years later, bam, he's in there. Well, speaking of Hall of Fame, you've had Hall of Famers come from all types of colleges, but plenty have come from HBCUs. So I want you guys to tell me a little bit about what you saw over the weekend, winners and losers. Uh, Tyrone, I'm going to go to you first because I think you called the game, and I know you are big on the SIAC. Well, yes, I called the game. Actually, I am a uh, the color commentator for the SIAC. So myself and James Verrett, uh, we actually got a game this Thursday. So Thursday night football in the SIAC. No other conference. HBCU is playing on Thursday, but you know what? The SIAC is playing uh, Thursday, so we got Benedict and uh, Ed Waters uh, playing Thursday night. We may get a we may get a little bit of competition from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboy game, but you know what? <laughs> no other HBCU is playing this Thursday night except the SIAC. So, you know, it's great to see ESPN uh, giving an opportunity to uh, spread the love and get some of these athletes on television. And, uh, you know, that that's, that's, that I'm very happy with that. And, and hopefully it continues to get even, even better. So, um, you know, so it's a lot of good stuff coming out of out of the SIAC, uh, Albany State, Clark Atlanta, hometown team here, uh, right there in the middle of uh, downtown Atlanta. Uh, Benedict had wins. Fort Valley, they actually won the first um, a game uh, actually between them and Tuskegee, uh, which is supposed to be Tuskegee's uh, uh, event, but Fort Valley goes in and actually comes out uh, with a victory. And of course, Morehouse, uh, they lost in Savannah State. So um, Morehouse and Clark Atlanta being the home teams up in here, uh, they are one and one to start the season out. But uh, actually, again, the SIAC is uh, strong and um, I'm glad to be able to you know, talk about these guys and and hopefully these scouts can hear me talk about how good these guys are, because I do believe, you know, I got an eye for talent and, uh, you know, it's just an honor just to be able to give back to the HBCU. Yeah, a big shout out to SIAC. Uh, certainly, you mentioned Tuskegee. Over the last five years, they've had uh, multiple forays uh, being ranked in the top 20 in the country for Division Division two schools. And we certainly want to give a big shout out to Clark Atlanta. The Panthers uh, won their game last week. So uh, hopefully they'll be able to keep, keep up the good work. And Morehouse, obviously, they are considered to be the Harvard, so to speak, of the HBCU. So uh, we want to see them get back on the winning track as well. Well, let's go to what some people said the big boys in Division One, the MIAC and the SWAC. Clemente, kind of what did you see, especially with that big game between your Tigers and uh, I think they played. Uh, you tell me who they played. Tennessee State, the Tennessee, Tennessee State, State two Tigers. legendary programs. Yes, sir. Tigers versus Tigers. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Doug and James Harris for uh, putting on the Hall of Fame game. It came off real, real well. Uh, some Hall of Famers was there. Robert Brazil, uh, a couple other guys. Harry Carson was uh, 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 inducted, and the game was a good game. It had a great crowd, and uh, I know a couple guys that went to the game. They said it was put on very, very well. And uh, also, other than that, I mean, aside from that. You know, I think that my Tigers showed the people by being 0-4 in the regular in the spring season. Uh, no one knew they had a lot of guys holding out, a lot of guys opted out, a lot of guys that just weren't eligible, and a lot of those guys got eligible and were able to play. And uh, I think the SWAC is going to shape up to be a, a very competitive conference this year based on the games that just happened this past weekend. And how important is it, man, for these uh, what I like to call legacy teams to be able to be winning – program because you know you take a grambling uh you take 
almost any of those Division One, two, Tennessee State, they have had, especially if you go back to when I was a little guy, uh, these were teams that put multiple guys uh, into professional teams. And some of the great teams of all time were stacked with uh, former players from these legacy schools. Yeah, it's important now because just just like you mentioned, a lot of guys were going pro back then from, from the teams way back, and uh, it hasn't been happening as of late. So uh, right right now, I think we need to concentrate on getting guys back to that to that level and being selected in the draft. And you know, we haven't had but maybe one or two HBCU guys selected in the past two or three drafts, and um, that's 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 un, unacceptable. And we're trying to get better now. I tell everybody, I give a shout out to what Dion's doing down at Jackson State. You know, you got to give him a shout out. He's trying to help the whole HBCU swag me at everyone, and. Um, I give him a shout out because he's bringing a lot of attention to the to the HBCUs this year. No doubt. So I want both of you what what you thought. Uh, what what do you think about the scene from Miami? Because just from watching from afar, man, it looked like it was, uh, lack of a better term, off the chain. Uh, Tyrone, what do you think about the spectacle? I know you were trying to call a game and so forth. But have you seen any clips from Miami? Because it really looked like it was it was uh, must see TV. Now, which game is this you're talking about? This was the the Jackson State game uh, that they played in Miami. Um, it just seemed like it was – you had a lot of, lot of stars, uh, a, a pretty decent crowd. Uh, kind of, I don't know if you got a chance to see any clips of that. And if yeah, you did, I, what were your thoughts about it? Yeah, I saw it. be honest with you, I call a spade a spade. Uh, didn't either one of them look spectacular to me. Um, you know, the first game – you call it the first game of the season or whatever. Uh, I think Dion's uh, son had too much pressure on him. And, again, you know – playing in the spotlight of his dad, you know, he didn't look too good. I thought there were times where he should have thrown the ball or like the the, the uh, RPO, he should have handed it off to the, the running back, but still, yeah, he wanted to try to make a play. So again, that's all just young, your youth, but uh, I wasn't uh, blown away uh, by what they do. Uh, uh, Fort Valley actually uh, is playing fam you. Uh, uh, this weekend. So, you know, you talk about the big boys. To me, there are no big boys. There are no big boys. It's whoever has the biggest heart goes out there. If you're willing to stop a man in the ground, then you are the one that's the big dog. So, um, but I didn't see anything spectacular uh, with the Jackson State. I'm glad this, that they were playing on television, you know, but again, uh, it's always good to see our uh, people showcasing that talent. And, um, you know, so we hopefully that'll continue to happen. All love to Jackson State, fam, you, all HBCU. We're all one family. Clemente, what were your thoughts about the, uh, I guess you want to call it the spectacle that was happening down in Miami around the game? Yeah, the, ba- the battle at the beach. The battle yes, on the beach. I mean, I feel the opposite. I mean, I I, I feel like uh, Shadur Sanders did well for his first game on on that level. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, he had two turnovers in crucial moments. But uh, for him to be a freshman straight out of high school, I thought, I thought he showed some composure and some poise and even some leadership. I mean, of course, he's he's definitely going to get better. But uh, I think he did quite well for that to be his first game ever in a, in a college program, and it's, on that, and it's a nationally televised game. And he didn't do enough to lose the game. So, you know, I feel like, you know, he did all right. And I'm looking forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him progress for the rest of the year and just see how his talent, you know, excel. You know what I'm saying? And uh, – I think he's going to be – he's definitely an athlete, you know. He definitely has some athletic qualities. And he and, and one big thing I always say, he he wasn't scared. <laughs> he wasn't scared. Well, when I saw the spectacle around the Battle of the Beach, all the folks having such a good time, for a moment the minister wanted to put on his shades 
and head down to Miami for all the fanfare. But that for me, that was the biggest thing, I guess, that they they did a good job of capturing what everybody tells me. Like, so I'm a guy that went to what they call a PWI, so I didn't get a chance to see, you know, what normally goes on, not only in every game, but all the classics. I didn't really get exposed to that. I came to Atlanta and I started, I watched the Atlanta football classic, which was the predecessor to what we now have the celebration bowl. Uh, there are different types of games, but it had that same type of buildup. It was the first time I saw the things I saw on television in person. I was like, it's like this during the game. Dang. I said, this is, this is, this is, this is pretty cool. So I guess that was for me. I was glad to see that it being in Miami um, and that you, people got a chance again to see once again, what makes the HBCU experience special um, to those who have lived in that experience. And I'm just, uh, that's what I'm really happy about that. They will kind of get that out there, you know, for the whole world to see. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Well, let's, let's shift gear to the PWIs uh, winners and losers um, in the SEC, especially, and really across football. So let's go up the road and let's look at some winners. Uh, how do you guys think that Georgia panned out? Do you think we get them a big check as being a winner uh, a 10 to three win over Clemson Tyrone you first well you know again Georgia this is as everyone's saying Kirby Smart's probably his best team um, and Georgia is always going to have pressure on them you know it's been pressure since Mark Rick's <laughs> there so you know Kirby Smart he's not going to get from up under that pressure as well so uh, I think this is an important season for Georgia uh, again Clemson uh, you know, they got a young quarterback and uh, they did, you know, very well uh, defensively. And if it hadn't been for that pick six, you know, who knows uh, what would have happened. But I think Clemson should be able to uh, win out for the rest of the season. Uh, their schedule uh, doesn't look that tough uh, for, for Georgia. I've heard people say they would probably – Want, they they would have rather Georgia lose this game against Clemson uh, to a point so that it, it it makes them refocus, makes them refocus. Sometimes you can win early and you'll put pressure on yourself and you'll end up losing a trap game uh, somewhere. And it's for Clemson, you know, it's like, you know, hey, guys, let's regather. We know who we are and let's just, you know, get back into the playoffs and let's let's win out. So, uh, but, you know, either way, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Alabama, of course, you know, they looking unbeatable again, you know, so it's, it's just a matter of, you know, who plays on that any given Saturday, so to speak. Well, you hit on the head. I, me personally, I thought that, uh, that Georgia, um, I know defensively they played a good game, uh, but to me, that offense they ran, I know everybody's thinking, well, okay, they knew that a young quarterback, the defense could DM up, but, if they if they try to run that against any of the big boys in the SEC, they're gonna they, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose games. There's no doubt about it. You're right. Big shout to Alabama. Came out to shoot like already getting ready for the SEC championship. Blew the brakes off of Miami, 44 to 13. Their new quarterback just looked like next man up. Want to give a shout out also to another winner. Played the next day. How about old Mr. Rebels without their coach Lane Kiffin? Uh, put it up big against Louisville. So. Definitely, those are my my three winners right there. And Clemente, how about you? Uh, I got to go with Georgia also. Uh, Georgia Georgia's defense, if their defense stays healthy, you know they got one of them old, like a couple of years ago, the Alabama Crimson Tide type defense. Now, if they stay healthy, um, you know defense defense can do a lot. Tyrone will tell you, defense is, is it's a lot easier to be out there on that corner when that quarterback don't have a three seconds to throw that ball. 
because you can squat on everything and you can just pick it off and run back the other way. And that's what Georgia defense is showing. And you got to remember now, Clemson ain't no slouch. The Georgia's offense didn't really score a touchdown, but Clemson's defense is pretty good too. So I'm looking for Georgia's offense to get crunk up a little bit. Uh, my other winner, I got to go with my home school, Graham the Tigers. Yes, sir. Uh, everybody uh, put them down for going 0-4. Uh, they got a new offensive uh, coordinator, and uh, he brought in his system. They kind of looked like they were unsure on uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They were they kind of looked like they were unsure about if what they were doing was correct. But they uh, uh, they pulled out a win against Tennessee State, a tough Tennessee State team. Eddie George got some players up there. That running back, he got Davion, uh, De- Davion Starling. He's a beast, man. He's a beast up there, and uh, he's going to get get it together up there, and they're going to win some games. Well, we also we always have the winners. We also have losers. So let's take a look at the big losers. Biggest loser locally, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets oh. that allowed themselves to be shocked by Northern Illinois, a team that went 0-6 last year, and then have the coach say after the game, yeah, we figured we just kind of run it at them and see what they had. Uh, they were probably one of the biggest losers to me um, in, in in football locally for sure. Another big loser, speaking of local SEC teams, LSU. Coach Ed Oberon getting into it with the uh, UCLA fans, and they come away with a big loss to a Pac-12 team who was an underdog in that game. So to me, those are two big losers for the weekend. Tyrone, anybody else that you think kind of, ooh, <laughs> took a step back with a loss? I think I'm going to actually – piggyback with you regarding Georgia Tech. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably the biggest, biggest uh, loss right there. I'm like, you you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And, uh, you know, it, it just overwhelms me. Just to, I, I can't fathom how Georgia Tech could lose that game. But, hey, again, that's why they say you play it on the field. You play it on the field. And, and the other thing, too, is they lost all the momentum that they had coming into the season – uh, a lot of people may or may not be aware, but they have been recruiting like a monster. They had a top 20 recruiting year. A couple of guys off that powerful Westlake team have committed to them. Several other guys from Metro Atlanta who are top stars here. And they, they had had a marketing machine that really ramped up a lot of good energy with this all about the 404. Well, they kind of fell off the floor. But anyway, look, guys, uh, we, we got we to gotta take one more quick break, and then we're going to get back and talk some NFL and Falcons football And you know who is coming on with us next. So if you guys want to talk some football, NFL, Falcons, you got to keep it locked right here for more of the Real Talk Sports Show. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere, please. Thank you. Did you know that Allen Vigil Ford in Morrow, Georgia also has Lincoln? Over 35 years of using the Vigil Touch to provide excellent customer service, works hand-in-hand with the Lincoln Motor Company to provide a luxurious and seamless way to acquire your next luxury vehicle. Lincoln has an array of full-service, complimentary owner benefits. These benefits include hospitality partnerships, service pickup and delivery, all which can be accessed through the Lincoln Way app. You can even contact the 24-7 concierge to have someone assist you. Come and see our great inventory of new and pre-owned Lincolns today. Call 678-364-7345 to make an appointment with one of our brand champions or shop 24-7 online at allenvigillincoln.net. Kind of like that beat there. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, seriously, guys, actually, if you do need a vehicle, uh, you can call one of those numbers or good news. You actually can have your own personal automobile consult- consultant in yours truly, myself, 
Jonathan Simmons, I'll be more than happy to assist you. If you need a vehicle, you can give me a call directly at 678-410-9833. We're more than happy to try to uh, put something together for you or your business because we also do business sales as well. So, again, hit me up. You see the number on the the screen right there for those of you who are watching, 678-410-9833, and I will give you concierge-like service as you get a vehicle new or used for yourself, family, or business at Allen Vigil Ford and Lincoln. I had to get that shameless plug in there. All right, guys, uh, shifting now away from college to the NFL. Um, we are just not one but two days away uh, from the first game of the season. Um, Clemente, I'll go to you first. Kind of who are some of the teams that you kind of got your eyeball on that you think might make some noise uh, in the NFC? Uh, the NFC, number one, I'm going to have to say the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, Matthew Stafford, and uh, they've made some other moves. They just got a uh, Sony uh, Michelle, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, the Patriots they just mm-hmm. got Sony Michelle. Uh, I think the Rams, they, their defense was already stellar, and uh, I think Matthew Stafford is going to just bring what they need to get over the top with the offense out there. Wow, Tyrone, how about you? You got a team that you like in the NFC that we got to peep our eye on? No, not be honest with you. You may may uh, think I'm lying when I say this. No, I don't. Um, actually, when I watch the games in the NFL now, I just watch to hopefully to see a good game and uh, actually just to see, you know, the techniques and critique the techniques. So really, I don't have a team that I'm watching and I'm pulling for. I just whoever comes on TV, I just hope that they play a good game. Well, uh, do you have any uh, have any fondness towards your boy down in Tampa Bay? Do you think he's got a good shot to repeat as Super Bowl winner? Again, until somebody beats you then you always have an opportunity. That's why we won those back-to-back championships, you know. Until somebody beat you, then you are considered the champion until somebody knock you off. So, yes, they have a great opportunity. They bring everybody back, so why not? And, you know, that's how we went back-to-back. We brought everybody back. So, uh, but again, you know, you play it on the field. You play it on the field. Those those are uh, are 22, uh, actually 33, you 11 offense, 11 defense, 11 special, 11 special teams. But uh, all 53 guys are special guys. It ain't like college. It ain't like high school where you may have one or two guys that are good. Man, every 53 man on that roster can go and be a starter somewhere. They just maybe they, they don't pan out because they're not playing in the right system or they're not playing up under right uh, whatever. But those guys are talented. So uh, I just love to see the game. Hey, well, let me ask can, can I ask Tyrone a question. Tyrone, I just heard you mention the word the, the word technique. I'm gonna ask you a question. What do you think about when you played? And I know technique was very big back then. When you look at the DBs and the guys now, do you see them having a lot of technique and focusing on technique more so just pure athletic uh, ability, just relying on the athletic ability, or do you see them, you know, with using technique like how you all had to do? Well. Uh, Myself, personally, I was a man-to-man corner. Uh, right. Most of the teams I played in, it was man-to-man. Right. Uh, and you, a corner, I judge a corner by his feet and by right. his hips. And, yes. so, and, and if you can understand leverage, right. then you can make plays. And I think that's what probably, when they say technique, is like having the right leverage. And if you had the right inside, outside leverage, of course, using the right hand, but uh, right hand to punch with, uh, not right, but right way to do it. But uh, definitely, uh, 
you know, technique is very, very, very big because once your physical st- skills start to go downhill, then that's when the technique, the understanding of that game, where the receiver lines up at, knowing the dimensions of the field, believe right. it or not, knowing the dimensions of the field. Oh, absolutely. Help you understand what route that receiver is about it's to run. run. That's right. It's, it's a lot of mental. It's right. more mental than it is physical. I've seen guys that, man, didn't have no skills. You put them on a clock, you like, you probably go to sleep. But man, they thought the game, they understood where the, the midpoint was, and their job was to beat you to that ball. And right. if they knew how to do that, the angle, it's about angles. So, right. I, yeah. I, I, I I told you, I was having some guys one time, and a receiver ran out, and he lined out outside the numbers, and he ran a slant and beat the guy. And I'm like, where else was he going to go? You know he wasn't, he wasn't going to run out. He way out here by the sideline. But I, I just wanted to ask you that. Well, you know, we, we like to talk football. You know, everybody likes to ask questions also about our Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, I had to bring in, guys. He is the embedded beat writer for AJC Sports to cover the Atlanta Falcons. He is an award-winning sports writer, and he is Esquire par excellence. The one and only D. Orlando Ledbetter is back in the building. D. Led, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Reverend. Thanks for having me. Thanks for seeing you, uh, Brother Poole and uh, Brother Gordon. How you doing? Well, now you D led. You heard these guys talking about technique. Um, before we talk a little bit more about the Falcons in general, uh, give us your opinion on uh, the guy who's hopefully going to take the next level to be the Falcons' next shutdown corner, AJ Terrell. You watching him? What do you think about his technique and how much he's maybe improved over from last year? Well, yeah, he certainly improved over from last year. He had the uh, off season to work with the coaches, which he didn't have as a rookie. Uh, you know, and so uh, you saw him get better as the season uh, went on. And the big thing for these guys is, uh, you know, like AJ and, uh, you know, coming into the league and I going back to true font and um, offer, they, they haven't seen the route running skills on a regular basis that you see on every NFL play. So you're going to bite on uh, double moves uh, as a rookie. And that's why he's getting beat so much early on. He had to get used to that. And uh, once he got used to the double moves and so forth and stopped taking the, you know, the, um, you know, the fakes and stuff, then he started playing a little bit stronger and a little bit more competitive. And I'm sure hours of film work helped that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of cornerbacks get ready. Uh, and true fighting them, they had Roddy and Julio just, you know, just, big, just beating them all over the field. And then they could put that on tape and say, hey, this is how you got to stay with this guy. And so Terrell has uh, had that off season now to where if they they um they I don't think he's going to travel, but if they need to, they might be able to with him. Uh, let me say this right here. Let me correct Jonathan on something. All right, Jonathan, don't use that word shut down corner no more. But there's none. There are no shut down corners. There are none. Yeah, don't no shut down corner. Shut down. This is me. This is my personal. personal. With Dion. There you go, D. Let's say it again. It ended it with Dion. No more, no more shutdown corners. Dion retired, shut down, left with him. But I do say this: there are good cover corners out there, but no shutdown corners out there. All right. So, another what you're saying is is that um, they don't. What what about not you? This person. What about Darrell Revis? That why they call him Revis Island? He wasn't a shutdown corner. Somebody just no. gave him the name. Not no. Huh? No. Yeah. No, I'm saying no. I'm, I'm not talking about the end. I'm talking about like when he was like that four or five year run. You 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 wouldn't call him a shutdown corner then. 
Now, Dion did it for 15, 16 years. Oh, you guys are killing me. Now, I'm not, I'm that's... A couple good years, you won't call him shut down corner. Well, for those four or five years, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I mean, there have been, I mean, don't be wrong. Dion is Dion. That's why I got Fultz Bradley Hall of Famer. You know, that's why he's prime time. So I don't want to take nothing away from that. But I, I just want to make sure I wasn't kind of thinking odd when I think of a guy like Revis and even those two or three years of Richard Sherman. Come on. No, he was his own corner. You can't call him a shutdown uh, corner. Yeah, okay. you know, you say Josh Norman, maybe, but Richard was a straight zone corner. All right. I and those guys stand and and those guys stayed on one side of the field. Wherever right. the best receiver went, Dion went to that side too. Okay. Well, let me leave that alone then. I'm a, I, listen, I, I, <laughs> well, I just I, wish the young man has a good career and, and, and <laughs> play some, some high level football. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. that's what we want. Speaking of high level football, go ahead, go ahead, Tyrone. They all good corners. AJ Terrell. They all good corners, man. They all good corners. Uh, it takes a skill to be able to play that position. But again, uh, shut down to me is if I close a door, I shut the door. You can't get in. You can't get out. But today's corners, they can be thrown on. They can be scored on. You know, Dion was the only one that I know. He'll bait you. He'll let you catch a couple of passes. Just to get the quarterback to throw it over there again. Next thing you know, that thing going to the house. <laughs> but that's one thing. That's that's one thing is that is if anything is the truth, that's the truth. And they showed that a gazillion times in the NFL film. He talked about it, how he would, you know, kind of sucker the guy into throwing it. And the next thing you know, see ya, you're gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of, of what we're looking for as far as up, up, outstanding play and hopefully improved play, d give me maybe three guys from the Falcons that you think Boom, they're going to take the next level this year and really impact the way this team plays. Well, they really need the uh, linebackers to to step forward. I like the um, the 3-4, the way he's got it going uh, with Bullard, Grady, and Tyler Davidson. They're not going to get pushed around. I don't know if they're going to make any plays, but um, they're going to be stout. And so uh, that means the linebackers, Fourier, Ulukan, Deion Jones, uh, they got Stephen Means on one of the outside linebackers, and then of course Dante Fowler on the other one. So that means they're free. They're free. They need to make havoc. They need to make some plays. So I want to see Fowler and Ulukan make some plays. Uh, Stephen Means is a a steady guy. He's just gonna hold the edge. Uh, if he can make a play here and there, that's great. Uh, Deion Jones, this is built for him because they got. Those big guys in front of him, so he's going to be free to roam. So I want to see the linebacker unit wreck havoc. That way uh, you don't have that that secondary out on the island as much as uh, as uh, as it's going to probably be. But, yeah, those are that, that, that whole group of linebackers. They need to go ahead and, uh, you know, wreck some havoc on, on the offenses that they're going to be facing. Let me say this, that that 3-4 defense, right, at 3-4 defense. I played in 3-4 when I came in to Carolina, Dom Capers. Uh, played in the 3-4 um, in New England. Uh, and De- and uh, uh, Pease, Coach Pease, he was there in New England. And so he come from that same system. And I'm going to tell you what make that 3-4 work. Your nose has to be uh, unblockable. That nose has to be unblockable. So uh, 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 if that nose is not if, if he could be blocked, he's going to make it tough. Uh, and also Deion Jones, because he, he's going to be playing in the bubble. The bubble meaning he's going to be uncovered. So if he's reachable, 
then that's going to cause three, four to have mm-hmm. a problem. And also Dante Fowler and means sometimes I'm pretty sure Dean Pease, uh, the great thing about a 3-4 defense, you can go from a 3-4 to a 4-3 on the field like that. So Fowler and Means have to be, like d said, they got to be some beasts, man, because, again, I'm not comparing what we had in New England, but the system is the same. Uh, we had Willie McGinnis, and we had, um, uh, you know, uh, of course, Bruce Bruce Grable. And yeah, Grable, Mike Grable. Yeah. Them guys come off the edge. We run that dog one. We had Big Ted William, uh, Big Ted Washington. And mm-hmm. Big Ted took up two people every time. <laughs> so, and then William McGinnis and them came off the edge, and it made our life in the back. Just like Gordon was saying, it made our life in the back end easy. But if mm-hmm. Fowler and Means and that nose tackle can't be beast, I'm telling you, that 3-4 defense, that line of defense going to suffer. Well, do you think D led now there's something interesting you talk about the linebackers? It looks like that is probably the stoutest group they have as far as from, you know, depth. It looks like they got some new guys in here, man. They look like they can if they have to go on the field, they can do some do some work. Yeah, no no question. The kid Mikael Walker from Fresno State. Um, they're they're trying to find a way to get him on the field. And uh the, the other kid, Dorian Elfridge from uh, Louisville. He was a kid in the exhibition games making 13, 14 tackles. You he know. was killing it. He was just out there killing it, you know, against the backup. So, you know, he's got a chance. He, he won him a spot in the league as an undrafted guy to see if they can keep him around. But, um, yeah, the linebackers are, are, are important. I kept thinking, like uh, Tyrone said, that they would bring in a bigger D tackle, or a traditional, like, Grady, Grady Jackson-type cat <laughs> in the middle. You know, but um, they're going with like 300 pounders across the board, and um, you know, but they don't have Will, Will, uh, Will Falk or a uh, Ted Washington on the roster that you know that really you want in that three four. You want you want to be able to push that that interior around with that guy, and uh, they don't they don't have that. They got some good guys. Jonathan Bullard's been around, Taylor Davis has been around, and Grady's out there, so they're gonna they're gonna be kind of moving them around. Uh, but yeah, as far as the you know traditional anchor of that, you know that might be a problem. Yeah, Davidson, man. I mean, he showed some flashes in that first game against the Titans. I mean, if he can if he can play like that, that they, they, they could do some do some work. All right, Clement, I'm gonna shift to you. Um, what do you think about that quarterback battle, uh, so to speak? Um, obviously, Ryan is Ryan, but what do you think about Rosen maybe down the road being an heir apparent, or even Felipe finding a way to? have his passing skills get closer to his running skills? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I got to be like Tyrone with this one. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. Uh, Felipe Franks, I think has a – has a. I would I would have went – I would have gone with Felipe Franks because he's younger and he's more mobile. Uh, I've seen Josh Rosen when he was with uh, Arizona. I mean, he didn't really impress me that much. Uh, I mean, maybe he, he – he may have um, uh, uh, matured over these years and being like somewhat of a journeyman going to a couple different teams. But I would go with the youth. I mean, uh, Felipe Franks, when he played in the preseason, even though it was just preseason, he provided a spark. You know, he can run. He was a double threat, a dual threat. And um, that might be something that the Falcons need. Because just like Tyrone was telling the young guys uh, that was on earlier, the quarterback, you know, don't never try to rely on your legs. 
you know, always rely on your arm. Let your legs run guys open. You know, like Ben 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 Roethlisberger does it the best. His legs and his 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 uh, uh ability to scramble run guys open. I mean, it's no way that you could have checked uh Antonio Brown for six seconds. It's no way. It's no way that you could check Juju Smith Schuster for six seconds. It's no way. So I would go with the younger guy who who, who is a dual threat than just a straight pocket pass. Well, I mean, it's a lot to look at here. Uh, Rosen, one thing I do I did say see, did see in him is that he does he does do what a prototypical West Coast quarterback does. I mean, one, two, three, ball gone. I mean, he's not trying to you know mess around with you. One, two, three, gone. And he does have what they call that arm talent. He he can he can sling it. So I mean, he's he's if his head is right. Well, think about it. the guy was drafted number ten overall. Exactly. I mean, he did some great stuff when he transferred to UCLA. I mean, he lit it up, but I mean, he's just such an arrogant guy. Uh, at least he was then. That um, he just was a bad teammate. So, um, uh, but and, if he, and, he can go. And and that's mainly what I'm saying. I I heard about that part of it that he was he wasn't a real good teammate, a good locker room guy. So I mean, if that has changed, I saw him in his, in the last preseason and he did well. But uh, like I said, the you being a dual being a dual threat, I think that's the way that's the way that the league is turning right now. Oh, no doubt. So, d let's go back to another, um, I guess, question mark, the running backs. What have you seen? Um, obviously, we didn't see Mike Davis at all. So who would you think would be the second and third choice behind Davis as far as getting carries? Uh, the way they're practicing is Corderell Patterson, the wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's going to be the uh, second running back. The uh, third running back is uh, Wayne Gallman. From Loganville, Grayson High, they picked him up last week and cut cut your boy Quadri Allison. Oh. Uh, but they brought him back to the practice squad today, Reverend. I was I was thinking about you all weekend. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, and I went back and looked at the 2018 when uh, Matt Ryan was a rookie. That was the last time no nobody expected them to do anything. They, now they won seven uh, out of nine game one score games. But what they did was they ran the ball with Michael Turner and Jerry Snow, where they had over 2,000 yards. And then, you know, Matt couldn't read defenses yet, but I, uh, Roddy White got 148 targets that year. <laughs> so, so he was like, if the safety was over here, he just found Roddy. He just did. I saw Brett Favre do that with the Packers. He did that to Sherlock Sharp for three years. So he learned how to read defenses. You just find your guy. But, uh, but Matt knows how to read defenses, so – he don't need a 2,000-yard back. He need the backs to, you know, block, get open. Maybe if they can get 1,000, catch some balls out the backfield, just keep people on it. They can't drop back 40 times a game. They already know this line can't pass block. They already know that. So so they, they know it. They brought them back so, you know, they can only fix, you know, some of it. They chose to fix the running backs. They got rid of all the running backs. But they brought all the linemen back. And drafted a couple, and uh, we'll see how that's going to work out for them. Let me ask you, D. Led, um, with the the Falcons announced their lineup, right? And when I look at their lineup, they are going out with two tight ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got two tight ends. And do you think what they're going to do? is similar to what like a 3-4 defense does. Uh, I mentioned a 3-4 defense, you can go from 
Three guys that got their hands in the ground. Mm-hmm. Four guys got their hands in the ground. Mm-hmm. So with a two tight end set and Kyle Pitts being that X factor, you think they're going to allow the defense to pick and choose their poison that they want to be hurt by? And what I mean by that is if they come out with two tight ends, the defense is going to say, okay, we're going to come out with our regular base defense, our uh, whatever, if they got a 4-3, our 4-D lineman and three linebackers, and then they're going to take Pitts and line them up out wide, and now they, it'll give them the three-receiver look. And now we're going to beat you like that. Or if you want to come in and cover with a nickel defense, then mm-hmm. we're going to bring Pitts, attach him to the line of scrimmage, and we're going to run at you. Do you think mm-hmm. that's kind of the philosophy of the Falcons' offense this year? Yeah, no question about it, Tyrone, because, uh, you know, that's what they did in Tennessee with the tight ends. Uh, you know, they used four tight ends over 200 snaps. Uh, and I've been seeing him move. Uh, you know, they might put him in the slot. And uh, Mr. Blank told me that um, at Florida, he played uh, 50% online, 25% in the slot, and 25% flex. And those are the same numbers they're trying to hit with the Falcons. So he's going to be moving around. And uh, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a, a, a pretty much a wide receiver, tight end, hybrid. They not they can't leave him in line to block. He's a skinny old dude, so 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 I don't expect to see him blocking too much. They'll his, put, they'll put the big tight end in there for that. And you know, here's gonna be the problem that I see if they move Kyle Pitts around when he gets through his rookie contract. His agent is gonna right, right. play him as a wide receiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. right that's the problem that the Falcons about to set themselves up with. Watch, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Graham. That was Jimmy Graham that did that. Yep. Yep. Tyrone always gets back to that main thing, thing about that money. That's right. <laughs> the money. Show me the money. See, told you it's about them dollars and cents. Right, let's go to social media here. HC Hardy says the defensive end Fowler becomes an eight to ten sack guy this year. Should the Falcons retain him after the season, even though his contract has incentives pertaining? To his sack count, I guess that's for you, D-Led. Yeah, well, if he gets ten sacks, he better get eleven, cause uh, that's when the that's when he gets whole, that's when he get the whole four million. So you know that's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, you hate to see the kids lose money, but he took a pay cut, man. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but I mean, you know, we don't gotta feel sorry for him. He got twenty nine million guaranteed, so. Uh, uh, but yeah, if he um, if they vibe with him and he vibes with them, uh, I couldn't see the second year on the contract when I was looking at his contract. I think they voided that third year to to you know like hey, this will come back and and do good thing. And the sacks start at five million, five five sacks, seven sacks, nine and eleven. He gets incentives that he can hit. So mm-hmm. yeah, it would um. It would uh, behoove him to get to the quarterback this year. I don't know if you bring him back or not because the kid uh, from Notre Dame has come along pretty good. And uh, uh, if you see that he's going to be a player, then you might you just keep him on your rookie contract. Well, yeah, I look at this team, man. They, they I mean, we just don't know what we're going to get. I mean, you know, it's almost like, what's that thing that Forrest Gump said? Life is like a box of chocolates. You know what you're going to get? That's where these Falcons. I mean, I, I'm looking at them because we haven't seen them not really at all in preseason. We saw one pass thrown to Mr. Pitts, mm-hmm. and he looked like as advertised. I mean, but You're like right. Tyrone said, dude, the guy, I mean, he it was one of those kind of plays where he got ran open. You know, what's his name? Rolling out, 
tosses the ball there, and then, you know, he basically bowls over a couple of guys. So, I mean, but who knows? And uh, it's really going to be – it's really going to depend on can these guys, how quickly they can acclimate to the system and how well the Falcons can use what should be, as Tyrone pointed out, mismatches all over the field. Because I even think this, you they can even run a jumbo set on short guys when you bring in three tight ends. Now you know who you're going to guard. I mean, so it, it, if, 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 these, if these Falcons can understand how to really execute Arthur Smith's uh, game plan, this, this could be a fun team to watch. No doubt in my mind. So it's going to be interesting for sure to see what they can do. Well, guys, as always, the time is going rocket it by. So we got to let everybody kind of do their thing as we like to do here. We want to make sure that everybody knows how they can find out more about you guys. So, uh, as we do it, Clemente Gordon, the floor is yours. You can find me at Clemente underscore Gordon 9. That's Clemente underscore Gordon 9. And I want to ask the Reverend if he remembers at the tailgate, the gentleman from FAMU who had a lot, lot to say about the swag and how FAMU was going to walk through the swag this year. Yeah, yeah. All I got to say to him is welcome to the swag. Wow. <laughs> Shoo. wee. And that's a drop the mic moment for Clemente Gordon. All right, guys, look forward to seeing you again next week, bro. Hey, Clemente, the swag yes, to the SIAC this week, Fort Valley, fam you. I'm pulling for Fort Valley, man. I got some Fort Valley ties that I'm going to talk to you about later on. All right. Not, All not, right. not right now, though. Yeah. All right? Gotcha. All right, See, brother. That's All what right. I'm telling you, everybody. It's all love in the HBCUs. All love. That's right. <laughs> all right. Mr. D. Orlando Ledbetter, the floor is yours. Yeah, we got the MEAC versus uh, the ACC this week on Howard Goes to Maryland in the Crosstown deal. Uh, so we uh, maybe we'll shock the world again like we did against UNLV. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dear Lando Ledbetter at Dear Lando AJC. Uh, Bowtie Chronicles dropping at 8 o'clock Wednesday morning. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Led. There it is right there, guys. Again, just go, if you keep it simple, just go to AJC.com and you will find it. Or if you want to get specific, there it is right there, AJC.com forward slash. We got a lot of stuff there. Just keep it easy. AJC.com. And here he is on social media one more time. Twitter, D Orlando AJC. Instagram, D Orlando Led. Sir, God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you again real soon. All right, All right. All right, Mr. Tyrone Poole, the floor. Is yours. Yeah, I'm going to say this one more time. Kyle Pitts, I'm pulling for you, man, because you know what's going to happen. Again, like I said, you heard it right here first on Real Talk. They're going to have to pay Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, and you know what? The Falcons are not going to want to do it, and then Kyle Pitts going to end up going somewhere else. You heard <laughs> it right here first, all right? But – I hope he stays. I hope he stays in Atlanta. Me but too. You can follow me, you can follow me uh, Tyrone Poole 38 on all social media platforms. See that, guys? I got it up there for you. So unless you blind as a bat, it's right there, at Tyrone Poole. All right, brother. God bless you, man. We'll see you next week. All right. All right, guys. We'll keep it real simple. Uh, I am a real-life minister, as you know. So I'm going to, before I go out of here, let you guys know, if you don't know the Lord, you need to know him today. Uh Please, man, please, sir. Nobody loves you like Jesus or Yahashua Hamashiach, this government name. Nobody, not your mama, not your grandma, not your auntie and them. Nobody loves you like him. He came here. He died for you. He rose from the dead. So guess what? If you believe in that, repent of your sins, two good things happen. Number one, you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And number two, you become an adopted child of God and have all the rights therein. And uh, you avoid that unhappy place called hell when you die. You get to go to that lovely place called heaven instead. 
I don't know about you, but I like the option going to heaven and not going to hell. I'm just saying. All right, guys, listen, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we want to give a big shout out again to our good buddy, uh, the queen herself. And until the next time, guys, God bless you and have a great night. See ya. I would say we don't want to be you, but we want to be you sometime. All right. God bless everybody. Bye. Tonight, we got to win one game uh, tonight. And um, 